man, we're, uh, first of all, it's just a joy. I mean, I've, it's, I'm like not an overly emotional person. And I've joked that like castrating pigs with Doug Clemmy like ripped all the emotions out of my soul, you know? <laughs> and, uh, um, and man, I like, was feeling emotions to the point that I wondered if I'd be able to preach uh, during our worship time. And I'm just so thankful to be in this room with you guys. And I'm so thankful for us to be able to, to gather. And I'm just thankful for, for all of the stories of, of what Jesus is doing in our lives and, and being able to, to be here and to love each other and to have like joyful song in the middle of 2020 is, is a beautiful thing that I think only Jesus can, can create. Um, and so I'm, I'm so excited for next week, too, and we, I think we've ordered 150 boxed lunches, and so we're kind of anticipating we're going to invite the city council, the mayor, like just d- different people, too, and just say, like, hey, I'd love for you to join us, and so feel free. We, we will have a lot of space outside next week, and uh, so please do invite people. They might want to just come and check out the church and see what it's about and everything, and next week would be a perfect week for that. Um, Today, we're, uh, as Tanner mentioned, we started the book of First Thessalonians last week. And it's just named that because that was the name of the city, Thessalonica, that's kind of close to Athens, Greece. And it's a city where a church was formed. And so this was a letter that Paul wrote to the city after a church had like just started. And they were facing so much persecution that Paul wondered if the church had even survived. It was like surely like the the church had been beat out of these people and they wondered if it would survive. And where 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 takes us, and I did want to mention, I think Tanner might have mentioned it or maybe not, but out on the Connect table too, there we have like these little black booklets that's just like a few verses and then a, a place where you can take notes. And we got those for everybody, and they're free. So if you are uh, either didn't bring a Bible or you're not comfortable writing in a Bible, maybe it's a family heirloom or something, like those are perfect things to, to circle, underline, because a lot of times the Lord will actually communicate things to us in this moment that you might forget two hours from now. So, so feel free to grab those. Uh, they're out there uh, because we'll be in First Thessalonians chapter 2. And I think for us to really appreciate what's being communicated to us, I think what we have to do is realize we're looking at the forest. So 1 Thessalonians is going to take us down to these like individual tree views of what it looks like to follow Jesus, what it looks like to be a brand new church and to be a people who are following Jesus. But what chapter 2 is, is, hey, let's look at this thing from a really high level. And that's what these early chapters are built on. And I think for us, like just learning what God did at a high level at this church close to Athens, Greece. It's interesting. I think it's honoring to God that we actually like listen and we observe how he worked in that church. But the crazy thing about our God, the crazy thing about scripture is it's written for us too. So as we hear about what Paul is saying to this church so long ago, it's informative, but it's actually deeply personal for each of us because it should be also showing us the way for us to be here and the way for us to live out as a church here. And so uh, one of the things that we talked about last week too is that the Thessalonians faced so many things that we thought would just destroy the church. And man, if 
probably one day people look back and they'd be like, what would be the worst year ever to start a church? A lot of people probably be like, oh, 2020, like anything people try to start in 2020, probably the worst year ever to start anything or to, to hope that anything would thrive. And the Thessalonians weren't destroyed. Uh, by God's grace, we haven't been destroyed. Um, but man, I think that there are all sorts of shots being taken at us. And I think there's all sorts of shots that were being taken to that church and to them. And there was an attack that was leveled at the church of Thessalonica that hit it really deep in its foundation. And what we can surmise from 1 Thessalonians 2 is that what people started to say was that Paul started this church for all the wrong reasons. The reason that you were enduring what you endured as a church was because you were just stroking one man's ego. And Paul, people were accusing Paul of just starting this for all the wrong reasons, and maybe he himself was just a total sham. And one of the reasons that people were thinking this was because in the first century, Roman cities, like if you traveled from city to city, you know, you think about it, we did, they didn't have commercials on TV, they didn't have like, you know, those late night like commercials that just try and sell you on like a sham wow or whatever it is, you know, that they're doing. Like what those people would do is just travel from city to city. So you'd have philosophers, you'd have magicians, you'd have religious enthusiasts that their full-time job was public teaching. They go in the, the center of a city and ancient writings portray these, these teachers as being greedy and immoral. They were greedy people, they were immoral, and they would stand up, but they had this like smooth talk about them. They had this fine sounding rhetoric and they would happily talk on both sides of the debate too. So it'd be like, hey, does this get you excited if I talk like this? Nope, okay, how about if I talk like this? Oh, you're getting all riled up? Okay, I'm going deeper into it. Uh, let's take up an offering. And, and they do all these things to try and just be these smooth-tongued people that would try to get people together. And it was all for their ego. It was all for building their, their subscription, <laughs> have enough subscribers, all that stuff. Like, like they live that way trying to convince people to just follow them for their own sake. And what people started to accuse Paul of was that's what he did. That's what he was trying to do in Thessalonica, was he was trying to build his kingdom. He was trying to be in it all for his own fame, for his own money, for all of these things, and that, that the church had just been sold a bill of goods, and the church had been convinced of all these things. And so when we step into 1 Thessalonians 2, what we're stepping into is Paul defending himself. And Paul, the accusation is you started this church for all the wrong reasons. And he's going to say, I was a part of starting this church for all the right reasons. And in him talking about the wrong reasons and the right reasons, what my prayer this week has been is that it would form us to look at this church and see all the wrong reasons we could be a part of this and all the right reasons we could be a part of this and what that means for this week in our lives, what this means in our community. And so, so this is 1 Thessalonians 2, 
And um, if, you, if you haven't found it in your Bible yet, it's in the New Testament. We'll have, we'll have uh, the verses up here in the journals. It just starts right there, so uh, feel free to go there. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 says, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and had been shamefully treated at Philippi, so what Paul is starting here in saying is he's like, I could have sat this one out. I could have been like, hey, the last church that we started and the last city that we were in, in Philippi, which, you know, the letter of the Philippians is to that church, we were beat up there. <laughs> and that's where we came from when we landed here. So we could have, uh, though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. I love Paul's clarity here. Paul being so clear what he's about, he knew that he was living in unusual times. Look at this, that we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. So he's, he knew, I'm living in the midst of Crazy conflict. Conflict just seems to be the air we're breathing. But what he knew was that his wounds from Philippi were probably still fresh on his body. He knew what I am about is God's good news in the midst of all this crazy conflict. That's what I'm about. Just Verse 4, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. Not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. Verse 5, for we never came with words of flattery. Paul's like, I didn't even tell you what you wanted to hear. That wasn't what I was about. I didn't tell you what I wanted you to hear. We never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. That's not true. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. I think it's good for us to just know, like, these are Paul's motives for the church. These are Paul's motives for the church. Paul and Silas had just been beaten and shamefully treated. Um, it's hard for us because we can so, like, white picket fence the Bible and the New Testament. But the way that he wrote that word, shamefully treated, makes it that the mob in Philippi that were attacking him were beating him with the mindset of trying to lead them to deep shame publicly. Uh, like, try to get them to stop ever standing in front of people and opening their mouths. And so um, some scholars think that Paul and Silas might have been stripped naked publicly and beaten to be like, man, we're going to shame they will be so shamed into ever opening their mouth again. And, um, but, but he said, you know, in the midst of that, God gave them boldness to share the good news of Jesus, to preach the good news of the gospel, which gospel is just a fancy word for good news. What is it? Good news is that humans are forgiven through faith in Christ. Like, I love that Katie was praying, not just for, for those in our community that may be uh, abused, that, man, that that would turn and that those, that that would stop. 
but I love that she was praying for the abuser too because through Jesus, humans are forgiven. It's scandalous. Like that's one of our distinctives. We preached about that a few weeks ago, the scandalous grace that our God has in giving us what we don't deserve. Humans are reconciled to God by bowing their knees, bowing their life to Jesus. And God entrusted these people with the gospel. It is truly a treasure for all mankind for us to have this. And Paul's motive, Paul is telling us here, my motive, I know why I'm here. I know what my motive is. And I know people are trying to to put doubt. I know they're trying to put cracks in the foundation of this thing, but I know my motive, and that's to not tell people what they want to hear, not to tell people what I want them to hear, but it's to tell people what God wants them to hear. That's what I'm about. That's why I'm here. They weren't trying to just boost their likes, increase their subscribers. They work hard to actually make it clear that they're not benefiting personally from any in the birth of this church. And as Paul is sharing what's going on in his heart, what's happening behind the scenes for him to risk all that he's risking for the birth of this church, he then goes deeper in sharing his motives, the right reasons for seeing a church formed. Look at verse 7. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. And I think whenever we read scripture, I mean, it's like whenever someone is writing something, they could say something a thousand different ways. They could choose so many different words. They could, they could use different metaphors or different pictures in sharing. And look, like two grown men talking about their love for the church and the way they approach the church say, but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. I think the best version of a mother among many traits, one is to be able to be gentle, nourishing and taking care of her children, desiring to be with them no matter what the cost, you know. Um, You see that with like a bear and her cubs. It's like, man, nothing will stop the, the passion of desiring to be with them with a tender affection. And Paul is saying that this is his motive. His motives are like that when you think about how he looks at this church. He has an affection for the people of sacred Thessalonica church. (laughs) Like he he has an affection for them, not holding back any of himself because he loves them and desires them to be healthy. And I was thinking this week, like where else do I, I think it's so easy for us to be like, oh, here's the church. I'm gonna just kind of put my, you know, dip my toe in there, feel how it is and just kind of maybe... Maybe I'll kind of get in a little bit and then get out, you know. And there are so many things in life there that way where I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to this restaurant as long as it, like, keeps being good and all this stuff. But what I love about Paul is he's like, man, we're just, like, just, like, all in. <laughs> you know, we're, like, not holding back any of ourselves. We're not, like, we don't have, like, a green room. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. We don't have, like, a, a green room where, you know, it's like the speakers are over there. They just come out and preach and leave. He's like, no, like we are all in with you. We're not holding back any of our life. There's no part of us that's like, well, this is off limits to my church family. He's like, no, we're, we give our own selves because of how dear you became to us. 
And then he starts adding more facets to his motives for doing this for all the right reasons by starting verse 9. And look now, so he talked about nursing mother. Now look, for you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct towards you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And I was just, man, like what a right reason. What a right reason to be all in is to know like we have the opportunity to exhort each other, to encourage each other, to charge each other, to walk in a manner worthy of God in our community. And it's a community full of people who God is calling into his own kingdom and glory. His own kingdom where he's the king. His own glory where his, his weight is heavy on our lives in, in a beautiful way. Paul talks about how he and Silas and Timothy were like mothers to those who are being made up the church of the Thessalonians. And then they're like godly fathers and exhorting each other, encouraging each other, charging each other. And what I love here is like Paul is just sharing his motives. You know, like if I went up to TJ and I was like, TJ, I think you're here for all the wrong reasons. And TJ's like, wow, I've, I've never even thought about why I'm here. <laughs> um, like, I love that Paul, and I think TJ would too, is like, hey, I know why I'm here. I know what I'm about in being in this room. I'm, it, it's clear to me why I'm here. And I think for a lot of my life, like, I really didn't know why I was sitting in a church. I was like, I think this is where we go to show each other that we're not sociopaths, maybe. Like, just like, hey, I'm clothed and in my right mind. Hey, so am I. I guess we're okay, huh? I guess so, you know. And that's not, man, that's not against any church and what they were sharing with me. That was all on me. Like, that was 100% how I was viewing what was happening here, is like, this might be a social gathering. I just didn't know really why I was here. And the, the reality is, like, it was easy then for me to just, like, have, like, super shallow things that I was about, you know? Like, I ended up attending a church when I, when I went to college, and I'd be like, man, the donuts here are really good. I should keep coming here. This is, like, all the right reasons to be a part of something like this, like, Krispy Kreme, I mean, gosh, it's free. Like, who would not be here, you know? And, like, like those were really, like, a lot of my motives. And then I truly met Jesus, realized he was alive and well, realized, like, the conviction and the guilt I was feeling from my sin had freedom in him and his forgiveness. And I gave my life to him in such a new and vibrant way. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I, you, my whole life, I wasn't sure if you were real. I know you're real. Thank you that there's, like, you had every right that I would know you were real and then for you to punish me for a lifetime. And what's amazing is instead you lived your life in my place, died the death that you died to pay for my sin so that I could be alive forever in you. And where that hit me was, 
I have such an amazing individual relationship with Jesus. And it really, like, truly, church became, for me, this, like, amazing place where I was fed, learned the word of God, all these things. And everybody around me was just kind of backdrop for my relationship with Jesus. So I couldn't really tell you very many people that were around me in Cedar Falls, Iowa in the late 90s. Um, I had a couple friends, but everybody else was just kind of backdrop of my relationship with Jesus. And Paul is showing us a better way. I think Jesus is showing us a better way is what if we go all in in seeing each other and even having a heart of being like, man, I want to like love you like a mother would love her nursing child. I want to encourage you like an amazing father would encourage his children. And I want to see those who are around me in the body of Christ that way. I want those to be my motives. I want that to be the reason why I'm here is yes, like to, to be encouraged and to meet with the Lord and then, but also to encourage and to point others to him and, and calling as God is calling us all into his kingdom and into his glory. And what I love is we get to kind of see behind the curtain and what we get to see is how the church receives Paul's motives. So when Paul's like, this is why I am actually here. This is what I was about. And this is what you should be about too. And then we get to see how they responded to those words. Look at verse 13. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, from our mouth, human mouths, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it really is the word of God, which is at work in you believers. And man, I've several times this week, and I did get permission from Jimmy to share this, um, and he can tell you the better version, uh, but uh, several months ago, Jimmy and I were at uh, George's Pizza in Nevada, and I mean, you're, I remember being in the old George's Pizza, which I felt like was like more dive-ish, but the pizza was just as good and amazing, um, but now in their new place, they still thankfully have like dive-worthy furniture and all that stuff. And, you know, and just sitting in a simple booth in a simple room having sausage and mushroom pizza, my favorite from George's, uh, and Jimmy and I are just hanging out, catching up a little bit, and uh, we open a Bible, and Romans 8, all day, I've just been feeling like, I think, I think Romans 8 should be where you guys go. I think Romans 8, starting in thir verse 31, should be where, where, where the time at the pizza place goes. And so, so I opened my Bible, and I just, I think I turned it around. I think, I can't remember exactly how it all played out. But um, I was like, hey, Jimmy, could you read this out loud? And uh, Romans 8, 31, what then shall we say to these things? Jimmy's reading this out loud. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And I hope I never forget what happened next, is that here a grown man 
who's a veteran of war, is sitting across the table from me. And these verses were so clearly not from me. They were so clearly from God that Jimmy, like, couldn't finish the sentence. You were just sitting in this pizza place, and he can't finish the sentence because of the treasures that God is sharing with him is that these are for you in Nevada, Iowa, Georgia's pizza. This truth of the ages is blowing up in your life. And he's not receiving words from men. He's receiving words from God. And, uh, um, man, that was a beautiful night. And uh, Paul is reflecting on the beauty of the Thessalonian church that wasn't thinking that Paul was great to them. They knew and said that God was great to them. God's grace had come to them, and they'd never be the same again. No longer would they ever be lost. They're found. How they received the love of Paul was by knowing they were receiving the love of God. Paul was this tiny messenger that God used for them to receive the mountain of God's love, forgiveness, vision for their lives. And uh, I think just kind of landing on those verses on how the Thessalonians received these words, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. Um, I, I just want to ask all of us a couple questions to chew on. Um, well, in community groups that start in a couple weeks, we'll actually meet together and, and actually just start talking about these more and more. Uh, but please, like, share these with spouses, with friends, with neighbors. Uh, but one question, um, it can seem harsh, but I think it's helpful, which is, what is your motive by being here at Sacred Mission Church? Well, why are you here? Because I think Paul could be like, hey, I, I know why I'm here. And once again, like, I don't think I could have answered that for a really long time. Um, but I think it's, like, really good to ask ourselves the question. And if the answer is, like, I have no idea, I would suggest to you it's because God wants you to be here. And maybe that will become clear over time, like, what his plan is for you and why he has you here. Uh, for others, though, I think it might be helpful um, to be like, what if someone accuses you right now of being here for the wrong reasons? Could you share the right reasons why to be here? I mean, next week we're going to celebrate our one-year anniversary, and a lot of us have just been praying, and please join us in praying. Like, Lord, show us what year two looks like. If this has been year one, deepen us, grow us. Man, pull us together. There's a thousand reasons for us to have disunity disagree with each other, hold a, have all of us in a room and just fight it out and yell it out and disagree on all sorts of points of masks and all of that stuff. So many ways for us to be divided. But it's like, Lord, would you give us all the right reasons for being together, for even thinking about how we think about each other? Because it was clear that Paul had spent a lot of time with this. And it's okay if you're like, I don't know what my motives are, but I'd say it's not okay to stay that way forever. Even if it's like, hey, I'm coming here, and I've been here for like 20 weeks, and I'm still not sure if Jesus is real. And my encouragement would be like, he, by his grace, he's had you here for 20 weeks to be learning of him, hearing of him. And man, we are in for the long haul because the Lord is pursuing each one of us. And if it takes 120 weeks until you bow your knee to Jesus, like that will be a beautiful day. 
and you're welcome here every moment of that journey. Um, and maybe that's it. Like, that's maybe why I'm here. Or maybe it's like, you know what? I'm, I think I'm here to be all in. And I'm here to, uh, yes, to grow in my relationship with Jesus, but I'm here to actually maybe do something I've never done before, which is like pour into people all around me. And I bet you if you say, raise your hand if you feel inadequate to do that. Raise your hand if you feel like a hypocrite to do that. And it's probably like, welcome to the club. We're all, that's why we're, it's not the church of Tim. It's not the church of April. It's not the church of Bryce. It's, it's, this is Jesus's church because we're collectively recognizing that we desperately need him. Uh, that's what brings us together. This is, not a, this is a, a hospital for the soul. What would it look like for your motives to be Paul's motives? What could that look like in your life if, you, if our motives and Paul's motives lined up for being a part of this? And then I think second is how am I receiving what I'm learning this year? How am I receiving the word of God? Um, because we saw that they didn't receive it. Like the way that Jimmy received the word of God, I mean, I, I desire that every day. And man, there are a lot of days I don't feel that, and I desire that. Like I know that's what I'm aiming at. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm praying into. That's what we're fasting into. There's a group of men who fast every Thursday just that the Lord would, would just ignite a passion in our church for, for not receiving words of men, but truly receiving words of God. And you're invited to join that. And uh, I think as a preacher, <laughs> I never thought I'd be a preacher, but as a preacher, I think there was a time that I would have loved to hear you say after a sermon, oh, Tim, that was such a great sermon. And I'd be like, oh, really? Yes. Oh, it's such a great sermon. And you're like, well, I've never actually desired to say that to him, you know, so that's fine. But there was a season, there was a season where I would have been like, oh, Lord, thank you. That was, I really needed that today. You know, that was good for my heart to hear that. Um, man, I, I'm just not there anymore. I think maybe the Lord's ripped some of that out of me. Um, what I think would make my day now is not to hear, oh, Tim, that was a great sermon, but to, to hear, oh, Tim, we have a great God. We have a great God. Like the huge difference is like the Lord has broke through and is talking directly with us. And who cares who said, like who cares if I said it or someone else, but it's like, Man, the Lord showed himself to me today, and he is amazing. And I don't even remember who was talking. It didn't matter because we have a great God, and he um, broke through and is letting me know he's for me. He loves me. He has a vision for my life, and um, let's go. And so, um, man, would that be us this year? Would that be us in our second year that as we gather on Sundays, as we work, as we talk, as we're at football games together, as we meet weekly in community groups, would it all be not us going through what I think we should go through or focusing on words of men, but as we're taught the word, as we discuss the word, we'll receive it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which is in, at work in us believers, which is beautiful. Um, so, Lord, would you form that in us? Would each of us just be deepened today? Uh, would each of us hear from you, your words, Lord? I thank you for what you have done and are doing and will do in Jimmy's life. And I know Jimmy and all of us say, Lord, would you do it again? Just as a little kid that sees its dad do something, it's like, do it again, Daddy. 
Lord, we say, would you do it again, Daddy, in our community? Would you, would there be more and more people who are won over by you, that you are real, that you truly did pay for their eternal life? And would many people over this next year, maybe even starting today, come home running to you? Jesus, for your glory, we pray these things. Amen. A beautiful way for us to, we just communed with him in prayer uh, through his word, but he actually gave us communion to commune with him. And so I just want to let you know, like, if, if you're here and you're not currently a follower of Jesus, um, don't, don't come here. It's, it's not going to be a big deal, but don't come here. Come to Jesus. Give your life to him. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, um, the warnings in scripture for us is don't come quickly to the table. Okay, and no matter if you grew up Roman Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist, whatever, if Jesus is your Savior, um, this table is for all who put their trust in Jesus. And the warnings of Scripture are just open your life to him. Let him show you areas you may need to repent. Repent. And then come together. And the way that we'll do it, uh, the cups, we've been careful how we've put them together. And then there's, it's a cup within a cup. So just grab one and then you can separate it. And then there'll be uh, the cracker. And then these are all juice. And what we'll do is we'll come, we'll take it, and then we'll, we'll go back to our seats and then take it as family. So let's, uh, let's come, let's respond to Jesus.